This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Before I introduce my guest today, I want to invite you to follow the podcast on Telegram. Just search for Mr. Productivity. Taylor Morgan is a Marine Corps veteran, holistic lifestyle specialist, and founder of the Captain's Lifestyle Program, where he helps entrepreneurs optimize their work-life balance by maximizing their health, happiness, and productivity. Taylor also hosts the Captain's Lifestyle Podcast, where I was a guest, where he and his guests discuss everything you need to take care of you and your business from average to excellent. Taylor, before I welcome to your show, thank you for your service to our country. Mark, thank you for having me. And I want to say you're one of the first hosts that I've been an honor to, to be a guest on that has said Marine Corps correctly. Most people say Marine Corps. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've never said corpse before. That's very interesting. <laughs> so, but I do appreciate you, uh, for your service. I mean, I think anyone who is not appreciative of the blood, sweat and tears and the lives that our military gave for this country. I mean, there's a reason why this is the only country in the world. You can burn the flag. I'm not a fan of it, but this is the only country in the world. You can actually ban the flag because people like you fought for our freedom. So when you're out there protesting, just remember you can protest because of people like Morgan. Just, just keep that in mind. It is your right. But, uh, I think that anybody who does that, they don't really understand what goes behind it. So, yes, thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it makes my heart cringe when people burn the flag of America. I saw recently, because this is August 4th, this episode's coming out, they are, when they were protesting last week in Cuba, they were showing the American flag. When they were protesting over, I think, Greece or Spain, they were protesting holding the American flag. Think about that. In folks. China as well. Yeah. So think about that. These people are protesting their government by waving the American flag because the American flag symbolizes freedom. I, I want people to understand that. Yeah. So we're going to talk a lot about holistic living. Now, we're going through something right now where I won't directly refer to it by name for a couple of reasons. Number one, I don't want to be centered. And number two, a lot of people listen to my show because they're tired of hearing it. But we're going to give you some ideas on how you can boost your immune system, which is scientifically proven the best way to fight off not only this current virus, but most viruses. It's using your brain. And I want to know your thoughts on this. I want to talk to you about vitamin D because my wife has been telling me for years the best way you can build your immune system is to go out and get direct exposure to the sunlight, which hits your skin, makes vitamin D, boosts the immune system. So she's got me going out there and actually sunbathing on most days. And here's the thing. The government says you need 600 IUs of vitamin D. I get between 7 and 10, maybe 15,000 a day because you can't over D. You can't over D. Nice word, Mark. You can't <laughs> OD on the vitamin D from the sun. So let's start with our conversation we're talking about vitamin D and the importance of it for our immune system. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you said it, vitamin D is extremely important. And I think the reason why it's not talked about more, especially in mainstream media is because it's free. There's no big pharma company that can get behind it and, you know, sell these expensive pills. It's free. Just go outside. The sun is there. Now, that being said, there are vitamin D supplements that can be extremely beneficial, especially if you're in a northern climate above the 35th parallel 
in places like, you know, Seattle, they have a very high rates of what's called SAD, seasonal affective disorder, because mm. there's no sunlight there. And so if there's no sunlight, you get SAD, low vitamin D levels. Uh, and so yeah, supplementation is important. If you do choose to supplement, well, first off, I would say get tested for your vitamin D levels. That's the best way to know if you have adequate vitamin D levels. There are apps that you can kind of track your vitamin D. Uh, one is called D Minder. That's what I use. Uh, yeah. Um, if you do supplement, make sure it's the vitamin D3 form and not the not the vegan form of vitamin D3 or vitamin, that would be vitamin D2, I believe. Uh, and then make sure it's also combined with vitamin K2 to help increase absorption. You also need adequate amounts of magnesium to absorb vitamin D supplements and also try to get it in a, a tincture form, which is like a an oil dropper that goes underneath your tongue as opposed to pill form. But the best way I, still is the natural the, sun. The sun, of course, because the sun isn't just good for vitamin D. That's what everybody knows it for. But the sun goes, the sun is probably the best thing that you can do for your health, which it's so unfortunate that in the media, the sun has been vilified. You know, wear sunglasses, put on sunscreen, put on a hat, like don't go outside, especially with now the lockdowns, like everybody stay inside. It's horrible. Because the sun, yes, it's good for vitamin D, but it's also good for, I would say, the main thing is sleep. Because as we talked about on our podcast, when you're on my show, one of the best things for your health is watching the sunrise. Because that shuts off your melatonin production in the morning, so it wakes you up. And it also resets your melatonin production for that night. So it wakes you up in the morning, and it helps you get better sleep that night. It also raises your serotonin and dopamine levels. So it's really good for boosting productivity, something you know all about. <laughs> so the, the sun has so many benefits. Um, red light, infrared light, which is good for healing, um, muscular healing, um, skin, uh, so many things. So yeah, I would say if you were to do one thing for your health, it's get outside in the sun more. Now, I, I should say this. The sun, you want to make sure you get proper exposure. So if you have stayed inside your whole life and you're pale, you don't want to just go outside and bake in the sun and get sunburned. That is bad for you. What you want to do is slowly start to expose yourself by watching the sunrise because when the sun gets into your eyes, it tells your body to produce melanin, which is what makes you tan and that helps protect you from the sun. So slowly start to increase your exposure. Watch the sunrise start with 10 minute, 10 to 15 minute increments throughout the day, and then slowly work your way up. So between like 10 and two, the sun is at like its highest point. So that's when it's going to be the the most exposure uh, to UVA, UVB. So that's when you want to be careful. But in the early morning, in the evening, you should be fine with, with getting sun exposure. But in that afternoon time, limit it to 10 to 15 minute increments. Yeah, you mentioned DMinder. I love that app. It's, I think if you pay for the, I got the paid versions like three bucks or something like that. It's the letter D and then Minder. So instead of Reminder, it's DMinder. And it's really cool because number one, it gets your location. So it knows when you get the solar noon. Solar noon is where you're going to get the most rays from the sun. And I can tell you when you get out in solar noon, you don't have to stay out very long because you're getting so much vitamin D 
But if you go out at nine o'clock in the morning, you may have to stay an hour, an hour, an hour and 15 minutes. If you go out at solar noon, you may only stay out 15, 20 minutes. So mm-hmm. do what works for you. But I can tell you, my wife, she says, I like your really bronze skin. And I just been, <laughs> and I, I flip it. So what I do is I get about 10 to 12,000 I use a day. And what I do is I listen to an audiobook. And when it gets to 2,000, I flip. It gets to 4,000, I flip. So I'm not burning on one side. And, and, and I think it's funny because I read a story once that Bill Gates wants us to stay out of the sun. Of course, you know, he's behind all the, the V word that we won't mention on the show. And I heard a story. I don't know if it's true or not, but he wants to figure out a way where you can make these silver plates that goes up in the airplane and like partially block the sun. And I'm like, that's really weird. If that's true, if he really thinks he can block the sun because the sun is here for a reason. Not only is it good for vitamin D, it helps the plants grow. It helps warm the planet. And, and, and I just, the notion that you want to tell people to stay out of the sun, or if you go out to the beach and to your point, you put sunscreen on or you wear a shirt, you wear a hat. Well then being outside is no benefit because you're not getting any sun rate uh, on your skin. Yeah. With the, first off, I hope that's not true because if we limit the sun exposure, we already have, uh, chronically vitamin D deficient population, which is why we're so chronically ill and sick all the time. That's one of the reasons, uh, low vitamin D, not enough people getting outside active in the sun, uh, sunscreen. So there's a few things on this one, stop wearing sunglasses or limit your use of sunglasses. Because again, the light coming into your eyeballs is what tells your body to produce the melanin. So if you're always wearing sunglasses, your body doesn't know how much sunlight there is, AKA it doesn't know how much melanin it needs to produce to protect you from the sun. Hmm. So you stay pale. And then if you do get, you know, if you do go to the beach, you stay out in an hour in the sun, you're going to get burnt. So that's where like all these studies on sunscreen and cancer come from, from improper exposure to sunlight. So limit your use of sunglasses unless, you know, you have sensitive eyes, you're in the snow, that's, it can, yeah, blind you. But watching the sunrise, watching the sunset, that's fine. Obviously, don't look at the sun when it's <laughs> high noon. Um, but then, yeah, sunscreen blocks uh, blocks you from getting vitamin D because it's it blocks the UVA, UVB, which is, I forget which one specifically, but that's what produces um, not only vitamin D, but also nitric oxide, which is a vasodilator, helps a lot with blood flow. So if you put sunscreen on, you're not getting any of those benefits. And plus, it, sunscreen is also bad for the environment. So it's contributing to bleaching of the coral reefs at the beach. So if you do choose to use sunscreen, get a natural zinc-based sunscreen. I had never heard that about the sunglasses before. Now, I try not to wear sunglasses, but I only have vision in one eye. And so sometimes I get a little sensitive light that's really bright here in Houston. I wear sunglasses because then I got to be able to see. Otherwise, I'm sure the other cars want me want me want to know, I know where I'm going. So, but that's very interesting. Never heard anybody say that before. Recently, my wife, uh, on July 26th, my wife and I decided to go keto and we're both sugarholics. We admit it. I've got a sugar belly. And at first I'm like, Oh man, keto. I don't know. Cause I looked at the list, what you can and can't eat. And then I heard someone tell me it, don't think about what you can't eat. Think about what you can eat. And this is like, we're recording this on, uh, well, yesterday, August 3rd. And it's like seven days into this thing. And I'm like, I'm actually eating less. I'm actually losing weight. I'm actually having 
more energy, less brain fog, because as you know, when you have a lot of carbs and Snickers bars and ice cream and, and sugary drinks and breads and pasta, you, you feel fatigued and tired and you have brain fog because your body is working so hard to break these things down. But when you eat a more natural diet, you, you, it, the body doesn't work so hard. So I'm not going to ask you what your thoughts on keto, but I just want to share with the listener that my wife and I are creating a new podcast, which isn't out yet. We're waiting for Apple podcast to bless it. Uh, it's called Mark and Michelle uh, go keto. It's a, it's a, it's just a podcast about our journey going keto. And, but I think what I want to talk to you about now, not, I think I want to talk to you about now is what we eat because what we eat, cause you're all about holistic living. And I'm sure you're not going to say, hey, a cupcake a day keeps the doctor away. I got a feeling, Taylor, you're not going to say that, right? <laughs> no, not that there's anything necessarily wrong with a cupcake, but that's not going to keep you out of the doctor's office. But to, to touch on that a little bit, it's like it, you can eat basically whatever you want. It just matters the quality of that food. For example, my girlfriend is a meal prepper a healthy, obviously, meal prepper. So she makes sweet treats almost every single day. Like she makes, she made blueberry muffins the other day, but they're healthy, made with all healthy ingredients. So no bad oils, very low um, carbohydrate intake, um, very low on the glycemic index, which means that it doesn't spike your blood sugar. There's no added sugars. They're gluten-free. Like the problem, one of the biggest problems with the sweets and processed foods is that they use inflammatory oils, which cause massive amounts of inflammation in the body, which is, I would say, one of the number one causes of chronic disease and massive amounts of sugar, which spike your blood sugar, which also contributes to chronic disease and brain fog. Uh, so if you limit those things, in addition to the gluten, which causes gut issues and then brain fog and a whole bunch of other things, if you take those out, then it's really not that bad. You still need to be mindful of your intake. You can't just be eating healthy, sweet treats all day, but you can still have them. You don't, contrary to popular belief, you don't have to eliminate those things from your diet. Just get healthier versions of them. I was once offered some candy by somebody. This is about three, four weeks ago. And I'm like, oh, I'm trying to give up the sweets. And they said, oh, it's, it's, it's organic. Okay, there's no difference between organic sugar and conventional sugar. It's still sugar, okay? It's just processed differently. But I think people need to be smart. And one of the things I've heard, and I'd like to know your thoughts on this, when you go shopping, shop around the outside of the store because that's where the health, like the produce and the meat and the, and the dairy and stuff like that is. But every supermarket I've ever gone into, the first thing you have to walk through is the bakery. <laughs> really? So before you do that you, strategically, <laughs> before you get to the produce, you have to walk past the pies and the cupcakes and the cookies. <laughs> yep. Does your to-do list have you overwhelmed? When you join my digital productivity coaching program, you'll learn how to get and stay focused, become untangled from the chaos of your to-do list, experience less overwhelm, and have time to do what you really want to do. Sign up today by clicking the coaching tab at mrproductivity.com. And that's the stuff that smells so good. It looks good. It brings you in. They know that. They hire people <laughs> who do that on purpose. There's a reason the stores are designed that way. Um, so in general, the perimeter of the store is good, but I mean, the, the bakery's on the perimeter, the bread aisle is on the perimeter. So 
what you want to look for most on food labels, first, you should try to avoid most things in packages with labels. Yeah. You know, real food doesn't need a, a label. There's no label the on an apple. <laughs> exactly. The ingredients of an apple is an apple. Yeah. Um, but real quick to your point on organic, try to get most things organic because pesticides and herbicides, that's a whole nother conversation that we could talk about, but it really does matter. Uh, not everything has to be organic. There's, uh, I forget who puts it out, but there's what's called the clean 15 and the dirty dozen list that's updated every year. It's the, the dirty dozen is the crops that are highest sprayed in pesticides. The clean 15 are ones that you don't necessarily have to always buy organic. Uh, but then things you want to look for on food labels, number one is inflammatory oils. So things like canola oil, soybean oil, safflower oil, vegetable oil, corn oil, uh, sunflower oil. Um, there's probably others, but that's, that's what I'm remembering. Instead, look for coconut oil, extra virgin olive oil, avocado oil. Uh, those are the healthy oils. I would say the number one thing to avoid are those, whatever it was, six oils that I first mentioned. Those are bad. No, number two, added sugars. So this can come in the form of, it doesn't just have to say sugar. They disguise it with high fructose, corn syrup, honey, even though it's natural, it just be aware that it is added sugar, uh, honey, maple syrup, you know, things like that. And then number three are artificial sweeteners, flavors, colors, those contribute to a lot of digestive upset, to brain fog. It's been linked to uh, ADHD in kids, specifically uh, artificial um, coloring like red is the worst. So those would be the three things I would say to avoid. Interesting. One of the things I have, I, I love my ketchup, okay? And ketchup is like high in sugar. A lot of people don't realize this. A couple of days ago, my wife purchased no sugar added ketchup. But because I have been weaning myself off the sweets, I said, well, this tastes pretty good. I mean, if you if you're a sugar holic like I was, and you do sh use sugar free, um, no sugar added. No, it was actually sugar free, not no sugar added, sugar free ketchup. It tastes weird, but if you already started weaning yourself off, then it doesn't taste that bad. And so, what I want to encourage people to do is what you just said: is take a moment to read the label. I remember when I was a kid; I was born in 1965. And the cereal aisle had maybe 24 cereals in there. Now they're like, like it's a whole aisle and <laughs> yeah. people, you know, they're, they're not educated. That's why we have shows like this. They say, oh, it's fortified with vitamins and minerals. Here's a key. <laughs> and and I've, I've learned this from someplace. I wish I knew where and like to know your thoughts on this. If it says fortified, it means either they removed it and had to put it back or it didn't have any in the beginning. So when they have to fortify, it means they're adding stuff back to it because it's probably not good for you anyways. So you should probably steer clear of that stuff. And it's processed. Yeah. So do you want to just steer clear of everything processed anyways? Yeah. Um, so I, I heard that, I don't remember where I heard this, but I believe that cereal was invented to reduce testosterone in men. Wow. So take this with a grain of salt because I do not remember the source. I, I think it was a podcast somewhere, but I believe it was Kellogg who created cereal because he wanted to reduce um, the, the sexual urges of men and, you know, wheat and gluten and high sugar 
does that. It does lower your testosterone. So yeah, cereal is something you want to limit. And if you do eat cereal, definitely make sure you, you get cereal with the, the right ingredients. Um, uh, to your point on ketchup, uh, look into Primal Kitchen. Primal? That brand, yeah, Primal Kitchen. It was founded by Mark Sisson. Uh, he, and if you don't know Mark Sisson, look him up. He's like, I forget how old he is, like 70 to 75. And he is shredded. He is like the most healthy person. He's probably going to live to 150. Wow. But yeah, so he created Primal Kitchen. There are no bad ingredients. They make all the toppings, uh, sauces you want. No bad ingredients. No bad oils. They make mayonnaise, ketchup, salad dressings. We have it all. I've tried almost everything from them. And it, it, it tastes as good, if not better than the regular stuff. Other note that's, on that's ketchup. primal P R I M A L. Yeah. Primal and then kitchen. Okay. Uh, another note on ketchup is that, you know, the, the popular brand Heinz mm-hmm. in America that contains high fructose corn syrup. Um, I think sugar as well. If you buy that in England, it doesn't contain high fructose corn syrup or sugar. Wow. Same brand, <laughs> same bottle, but because we're in America and America runs on high fructose corn syrup yeah. and Duncan's, they pump that stuff in. So, wow. yeah, it, it's ridiculous. Wow. You know, we add sugar to everything. And I remember everything. about three years ago, I had a guest on my show from Australia, and she had told me she had just visited America for two weeks. And and she said to me, she goes, oh, my gosh, you guys put sugar in everything. She goes, there's sugar in the bread. There's, I mean, I went to McDonald's. There's sugar in the in the meat, there's sugar in the French fries, there's sugar in the bun, there's sugar in the ketchup. Even things that are already naturally sweet, like jam and jelly and like fruit <laughs> preserves, they add sugar to that. Yeah. It's like that is sugar. Yeah. That's natural sugar. You don't need to add more. But here's the thing. If you can wean yourself off of all this processed foods and you start eating, like you said, more holistically, then you can start having like I I not only have no sugar added ketchup which is probably the ketchup they sell in England, actually. They probably just relabel and put no sugar added on it. Uh, then I don't have as much of it, but I still get the best of both worlds because I'm not having ice cream and cookies every day. So the no sugar added, uh, I'm sorry, the no sugar ketchup tastes pretty good. But if you have a high carb, high sugar diet, it's going to taste horrible. So look, I only been on the keto diet for like, not keto diet, keto lifestyle for like eight days. I feel great. And that's why my wife and I are starting the other podcast because we want to share our journey. We're we're not scientists. We're not doctors. We're not nutritionists. We're not experts like you are. We're just going to say, hey, this is what we're doing. This is how we feel. And that way, no one can say, well, no, you're lying because no, this is how I feel. And I think a lot of people out there are given their opinion. Exactly. People are given their opinions. Well, if you tell me, hey, listen, this is what I've experienced. I can't tell you you're wrong. But if you say, well, I've heard that this is thus and such. Well, then I think you're lying because now you're, you're stating a fact. So I like to be very careful on all my shows. Anytime I'm on some of the show on social media, or my email, whatever, I want to make very clear. This is what's working for me. I don't, your mileage may vary. Yeah. And on that note, I just want to caution you to be mindful that anytime you try a new diet or lifestyle, I'm glad you made that distinction there. Cause that's a, that's a big thing that people misunderstand. Yeah. Anytime you adopt a new 
lifestyle and speaking of this, like, you know, diet, new food, mm-hmm. you, you will probably feel better, especially if you're going from the sad diet, the standard American diet, high process, carbs, sugar, you're probably going to feel better, which is why a lot of people who go vegan or carnivore, keto, paleo, whatever, they feel better. But there is no one size fits all diet. Right. I don't believe that anybody should be keto their whole life, carnivore their whole life, you know, paleo their whole life. It should vary individually. That's why like in my program, I don't preach one diet. I, I talk to my clients individually. Okay, what do you like? Based on your genetics, you should be eating this, this, and this, um, things like that. So I think keto can be fantastic, but it's not it's not a long-term thing. Like you're not gonna wanna do that for the rest of your life. But for weight loss, it's fantastic. For chronic disease, it's fantastic. Things like cancer, um, it, it can be great. But one of the problems with like this diet culture is everybody is so dogmatic in their views. Like veganism, for example, they think that they're so right and that everything else is wrong. There's no possible way that anything else could be different. And of course, when you have that mindset, you're not open to learning anything. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, and just society in general, that's a huge problem. Everybody thinks that they're right and they're not open to listening and understanding other perspectives. Yeah. Well, I am a big fan of an app uh, that I use to track my food called Chronometer. The reason why I like Chronometer is it tracks the micronutrients. My fitness Mm -hmm. pal and lose it doesn't track the micronutrients. I want to know micronutrients. Now, my wife is doing a different version of keto than I am. So when you go to Chronometer, you can do keto aggressive, which is 20 grams of carb or less. I'm doing the moderate, which is 51 grams or less. And then there is like there's another level. And I track my, my net carbs. That's what, that's why I tell them track my net carbs. And I'm trying to stay between 50, uh, under 51. What's amazing is eight days in, I'm like the highest I had is 30. And what I found out really quickly is I like muscle milk. Okay. Muscle milk is only got two grams, two net grams of carbs. It's sweet for me. It's a lot of protein. There's no sugar in it. It gets my sweet treat and it fills me up. Okay. And then they say eat mainly green vegetables. Well, I don't, I like bell peppers, but I don't like green peppers. And I realized looking at my numbers and chronometer that a whole green pepper has 5.3 net, net carbs and the sweet orange, yellow, and red have seven. I'm like, it's a 1.5 gram. I'm going to get the sweet stuff to get myself treats. Now we did buy some keto ice cream is two net grams. So there's ways you can have a diet. And still have your sweet treat, but you brought up a very good point. Now, my wife knows we're both 56 and she knows that she's probably done with carbs the rest of her life. She's tried every diet in the world. The only way she keeps weight off is she goes virtually no carb. That's fine. But I told her, look, I'm going to go this keto thing for 30 days. But if I go to Bible study class on Saturday night and Donna, Donna's a great cook. She brings her homemade cookies. (laughs) I'm going to have a couple cookies. I'm not going to have cookies all day. That's, that's what I did before. I always started with just Bible study and like, oh, I'll just do it all day Saturday. I'll do it Friday and Saturday and Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And all of a sudden I'm doing it all the time. So if once in a while I want to have a sweet treat, I will, if I go to a Christmas party or something like that, that's the key. If you do it in moderation, the problem is we live in a society, we eat McDonald's or Burger King for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Then we have machine uh, vending machine snacks in between. That's horrible. But if once in a while it's okay, and I think you're on board with that. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I want to caution you with muscle milk because I believe their protein might be soy. And if you have too much soy protein, that can be estrogenic, uh, which means it lowers your testosterone. So just be mindful of that. I believe it's soy. It might be something else. Um, and then in, in terms of your wife cutting out carbs completely, I would caution her for that because females need more carbs. It might be a little different because she's past menopause already. So that might not be as an issue, as big of an issue because the hormones aren't as active, but I would just say to, to maybe look into the effects of zero carbs on women. I'm not an expert in that area, but that's just something to be mindful of. Well, my wife is not doing zero carbs. She's going to, she's going to eat less than 20 grams. And my wife is a student. I mean, she should really do what you're doing. I mean, she has studied every diet. I mean, she like drives me crazy with all her research. Cause I'm like, I'm going to do something that works best for me. And I'm a daily runner. As you know, I, I run every day. So I'm taking care yep. of myself, getting the vitamin D and I do allow one of the other things that uh, nutritionists like flip out over when I have diet Coke, Oh, it's chemical. Look at, look at nobody eats and lives perfectly. So I allow myself diet Coke between 10 AM and 2 PM. And I cut it off. So it doesn't affect my sleep. I'm not saying I'm a perfect person. Okay. I can tell you how I feel. I can tell you I've lost like five pounds in the week. I've been on, on keto. I can tell you I'm not eating as much. So am I perfect? No, I'm not perfect. Although I did have a, a, a inspiration the other day. I don't know if I told you this on your show, but I, I have a goal of running a thousand miles every year. I did it in 2019, 2020, and I'm going to do it again in 2021. And what I usually do is I run a thousand miles and around mid November, I hit a thousand miles and then I take it easy, which means running just one mile a day for the rest of the year. And then I had this thought, I'm like, Hey, Mark, here's an idea. Why don't you do your one mile a day runs in July and August when it's stinking hot in Houston and do the longer <laughs> runs in November, December? I don't know why I didn't think about this after almost four years of running. So now what I do is I go out running maybe a mile because it's hot in Houston. It's not so much hot. It's humid. It's 630 in the morning. Mm. And I'm like, I don't know why I didn't think about that. It makes the most sense. That way I'm not taxing my body. But I do have stuff that's not good for me. But I can tell you, I probably eat much better than most Americans do. Hey, you listening to the Mark Stuchowski podcast. Thank you so much for doing so. I really appreciate it. But are you a Mark Stuchowski insider yet? This is my free email newsletter, and you can sign up right now by going to MrProductivity.com. M-I-S-T-E-R, MrProductivity.com. Yeah, uh, I think uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably eat better than most Americans do. It's It's disgusting. Like you go to the grocery store and you see uh, some people, what their carts are filled with. Now, I mean, who am I to judge? They might have, you know, this might be a, a celebration. What's in their carts? Like, yeah, you know, do what works for you. But if that's an everyday thing, like consistently, something's got to change. You can't be healthy. You can't be happy. And you surely can't be as productive as you can be if you're fueling your body with garbage. Your cells, every single cell in your body is literally made up of what you consume. So if you consume garbage, you're going to be made of garbage and you're not going to be able to think clearly. You're going to feel like garbage. It's a lot of it stems from the food and micronutrients. I'm glad you brought that up because I think that goes uh, unnoticed. Everybody's focused on macronutrients, protein, carbs, and fat. That doesn't matter so much. 
the micronutrients are what matters. So 100 calories of bread versus 100 calories of sweet potato, that's completely different. You're getting more nutrients from the sweet potato. So it's not, I don't like the, you know, calories in, calories out version of weight loss. If you, if you go on a diet of 2000 calories of cookies and cakes and ice cream versus 2000 calories of salad, healthy grass fed and finished meat, you know, organic produce. Those are two completely different things. Your body is going to look different. Yes. That's a very, very good point. Um, we've always heard a calorie is a calorie. Well, on paper it is on paper it is, but the problem is like you, you, you said it very well. I couldn't say it better than you. There's a difference between a calorie in an ice cream cone and a calorie from an apple. Totally yeah. different. And I think people, I, let me ask you this question. Do you think it's because people don't know? You think they're lazy? Do you think they're like, oh, it's a pretty box? Why do you think people don't want to eat well? I, I think a lot of it stems from education because in the, in well, certainly in the you know traditional education in school, it, real health is not taught in school. Right. In high school, like even in elementary school, like you're served garbage. Mm-hmm. The food selection there is horrible. Yep. It's none of it's good. Um, it, it, same thing in, in college. I, I'm sure it's getting better now with some better, you know, nutrition courses, but it takes a long time for something like nutrition, for example, the, the data is always changing. Like there's new studies coming out all the time. It takes the education world a long time to catch up to the latest studies. Mm -hmm. And in order for them to do that, they have to completely rewrite the textbooks. Somebody has to admit that they were wrong, that this (laughs) is the right way. And of course, nobody wants to admit that they're wrong or rewrite a whole textbook. So education is like 10 years behind what's currently, you know, right or is in the studies. Mm -hmm. So I think also another part of it is that these fitness and nutrition influencers a lot of them promote the calorie in calorie out. They're promoting exercise. Like you can eat almost whatever you want. There's people who say, this is what I eat. I eat pizza and ice cream and I still look this way. Okay. Who you're promoting to, they're different. Like you, you've probably, you know, exercised your whole entire life. Your metabolism is super high. Now I still don't think you can out train a bad diet. There's probably there's definitely some form of brain fog going on up there. You can't maximize your performance. But if you advertise that you can eat whatever you want and still look good, that's not right because it is not calories in, calories out. You should be focusing on the quality of your food. Not to say, like I said at the beginning, you can eat basically whatever you want as long as you have the quality version of that. So if you make your own food, if you make your own healthy version of the treats that you like in moderation, you can still have those. So it's all about finding that proper balance. You know, it's funny is I used to do exactly what you said, eat whatever I want, look good. And around 33 years old, my body sent me an email saying, dude, we're not working this hard anymore. (laughs) And it it was like overnight, my body says, we are not going to burn this stuff all night. You're going to change something. And of course I'm like, no, I just ignored the email. And guess what happened? I started putting on weight. I started becoming unhealthy. We all get that point when they're younger, we can eat whatever we want if you stay healthy. But eventually your body's going to send you that email or a text and say, hey, I can't do it anymore. I'm 56 years young now. And I know I have to give my body an assist by eating better. 
Now I can tell you, I know people in my inner circle who are younger than me and I'm healthier than them. Why? I run every day. I be careful what I eat. Okay. They don't I'm like, well, how are yep. you so much healthier than I am? I said, I'm taking care of myself. Okay. Now what really, which really launched this whole thing was three and a half years ago. My mom was diagnosed with late onset Alzheimer's and I got an opportunity to talk to her neuropsychologist. And I said, is there anything I can do? Cause her mother died of Alzheimer's. My mom will die of Alzheimer's unless she dies of something else. And I says, anything I could do. He goes, well, you're already running every day. He goes, uh, it's about diet and sleep and exercise, exercise your brain. I said, how do I do that? He says, learn a language, read books that are outside your comfort zone. And so instead of me going, well, I guess I'm doomed for Alzheimer's. He said, if you take care of yourself, you may never get Alzheimer's. And when he said that it clicked, I'm like, so right now this is in, within my control. And the person listening to the show right now, as they're out on a walk or walking the dog, whatever, I want you to know that this is the time to start making changes. Don't wait until you get that diagnosis. Yeah. Chronic disease is up to you. Whether or not you get a chronic disease, that's 100% in your control. Now, you might have a, a higher genetic disposition to get it, but chronic means that it's lifestyle related. So if you live a healthy lifestyle and not just the traditional healthy lifestyle, like move your body, eat like, yes, that's all important, but prioritize your sleep, get out in the sun, connect with nature, have high quality relationships, avoid EMF exposure, avoid artificial flavors and environmental toxins, like actually live a holistically healthy lifestyle. You will not get a chronic disease. No healthy person dies from a chronic disease or illness. They just don't. And if you say that they do, then they weren't actually healthy. There's something going on under there. And this brings me to, to something I want to mention. It's you can't look at a person and tell that they're healthy. Right. Bodybuilders are not healthy. Really? Let me say that again. Bodybuilders are not necessarily healthy. Now you can look like a bodybuilder and be healthy, but nobody competes in a sport to be healthy. They compete to compete. So there's injuries, you know, they're, they're beating their body up. That's not healthy. So people follow like these athlete protocols. That's not for the average person who's just trying to look good and feel good. And like for me, when I was a, a teenager, I had the same mindset as you, I would eat McDonald's. Like that was one of my favorites. I would drink soda. I would eat cereal, just basically eat whatever I wanted. And I was always lean. Like I had a six pack almost my entire life, but that does not mean that I was healthy. Wow. I had sleep problems. I had brain fog. I had acne. All of those are contributed to or um, caused by a poor diet. So just because somebody looks good does not mean that they're healthy. Patrick Swayze, for example, he died of a heart attack. No healthy person is going to die of a heart attack. He had a six pack. Doesn't mean you're healthy. Wow. That, you know, listener, if that, if that didn't hit you upside the head, like a two by four right there, <laughs> I don't know what is or what will, because I've never heard that before. And as you were saying it, I'm like, wow, did he really just say that? And, and, and I can see where that's true. I can see where that's true because we don't know what's going inside your body. Wow. That's, that's amazing. I, I want to thank you for sharing that with us. And by the way, 
if you're listening to this in the United States, which most of you do, I want you to understand something. The sugar lobby is a real big, powerful, mean guy. They recommend this is you can look this up on Google. They recommend that you consume 25 percent of your diet is sugar. Now, I want you to think about that. The body doesn't need sugar at all. And I know that Taylor would, would agree with me. And they recommend this multi-billion dollar lobby recommends 25% of your food should be sugar. <laughs> yeah. Even an institute like Harvard, you know, you've probably heard of them, right? Harvard University. They came out with their version of the food pyramid. I believe it was a circle, you know, like a, a pie chart. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget the exact proportion of it, but it was like 25% of your food should come from grains, which your body uses as sugar. It converts it into sugar. Grains are sugar. So this, you know, you should be eating more whole grains, multi-grain, you know, breads, pastas. Your body doesn't need any of that. <laughs> like you should be avoiding that. It's processed. You don't need it. Uh, can cause inflammation, especially if it's not organic because it's wheat is one of the highest sprayed crops in pesticides. Wow. Um, caveat to that. If you live in Italy or your Italian descent, you can get away with eating grains uh, and pastas and, and things like that for a few reasons. One, it's in your genetics. So your whole family has been eating that for basically eternity. Two, in Italy, they don't spray their crops with pesticides. So oh, wow. you don't get all of those, um, uh, all of those uh, gut damages from the pesticides. So two reasons. Um, why if you're Italian or if you go to Italy, you can eat the pasta there and still feel fine and not have any issues. That's very interesting. Wow. Taylor, we covered so much on the show today, but I, I I want to give someone uh, something actionable. Uh, one of my friends, Jamie master says an active action. So maybe we are, you already said it in the show or you have something else. What is one thing that somebody can do today as soon as they finish listening to this episode? What is something they can do to start heading in the right direction for their health? Something simple that anybody could do. Well, I already said watch the sunrise. I think that's that's one of the most important things. Um, What if there's no sunrise, though? Well, there's there's hacks that you can do. And even still getting outside, even if it's overcast, it's way better than staying inside. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, Yeah. Even if it's overcast, you still get way more light exposure than than being inside. And there are light producing devices that you can buy, like uh, a human charger. Um, I have that. It's it's an in-ear device. Now, that doesn't give you vitamin D, but it does wake you up. So it shuts off the melatonin, resets it for that night. Uh, You could also get like juve red light panels. Again, doesn't produce vitamin D. Um, but what I would say, and this this isn't directly for health, but it relates. I would say create your personal core values, mission statement, and vision statement. So really define who you are, what you want to be remembered as, the legacy you want to leave. Get crystal clear on that because you could be running up the the ladder to success only to find out that you don't like the top, you know, people who have nine to five jobs, they're just working for the money, you know, retire at 65 and then they'll be happy. No, you You can be happy (laughs) right now. Like define who you are. Um, So that's not a a quick process Uh, that, that takes time, but it's well worth the effort. 
but they can start thinking about it, which is the important thing. So where can we go to find out more about you and the dents you're putting in the universe to give a nod to Steve Jobs? Yeah. uh, Before I talk about that, I'd say if you do want to create your mission statement, core values, I'd recommend picking up the seven habits of highly effective people. I would say that's a great place to start. Uh, For me, uh, info.thecaptainslifestyle.com has links to everything. There you can download my free nightly ritual, the 432130 method to start improving your sleep immediately. Uh, There's links to my podcast on whatever platform you listen to. There's links to social media accounts, my website. Everything can be found at info.thecaptainslifestyle.com. Well, Taylor, I was so thankful to be on your show. I'm so thankful you came on my show because you have a wealth of information. And I want to thank you again for your time today. Mark, thank you for having me. This was fun. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your time and attention for listening to this episode of the Mark Stucheski podcast. Hey, are you a Mark Stucheski insider yet? This is my free email newsletter where I will send you value multiple times a week. And I promise you, every time I send an email out to my insiders, it always has value. So if you want to sign up absolutely free, just head on over to mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com.